Good morning, my friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks, and welcome today to our midweek Bible study called Morning Glory. Why don't you take your Bibles and turn with me to Psalm 66. And today, let's talk about the direction of where God is taking us, not just when we get to heaven, but while we're here on the earth. I think you'll find it fascinating. Praise the Lord. Psalm 66, verse 1. Let's open up today in prayer. Heavenly Father, we ask that your Holy Spirit would come right now and illuminate the Scriptures, that the eyes of our heart, the eyes of our understanding, we ask, O God, would be flooded with light, so that we can see Christ revealed and His plan for our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, and we all agree and say, Amen. Psalm 66, verse 1, as we jump into this psalm, uh, you'll notice there's no identifier of who actually wrote the psalm. Some people think David did, but we're not quite sure. Well, we're also not completely sure of even the context of when or what the psalm was referring to from a contextual standpoint. In other words, some theologians think that the psalm was written when Jews leaving Babylon and leaving the captivity of Babylon, coming back to Israel, that was the context of when this took place. But even still, they're not really sure about that. But one thing we know is that this psalm is inspired by the Holy Spirit, and it still speaks to us today in so many prophetic applications. Now verse 1, Make a joyful shout to God all the earth. Sing out the honor of His name. Make His praise glorious. Say to God, how awesome are your works. And I, I, I pray that that will be something that you will do. You'll, you'll brag on God, and you'll say to Him how wonderful He is. Say to God, how awesome are your works. Through the greatness of your power, your enemies shall submit themselves to you. All the earth shall worship you and sing praises to you. They shall sing praises to your name. Come and see the works of God. He is awesome in His doing toward the sons of men. He turned the sea into dry land. They went through the river on foot. There we will rejoice in Him. He rules by His power forever. His eyes observe the nations. Do not let the rebellious exalt themselves. Verse 8. O bless our God, you peoples, and make the voice of His praise to be heard, who keeps our soul among the living, and does not allow our feet to be moved. For you, O God, have tested us, you have refined us, as silver is refined. This would denote the various trials, difficulties, challenges, roadblocks that can be placed in your life. And, you know, you just keep on going. You have these tests, and, you know, you really want to pass tests, because if you don't pass a test, uh, then you stay on the same level, and that would be no fun. Uh, I, I'll never forget coming home on the bus one day. I may, maybe I shouldn't be smiling because it wasn't a happy thing for my friend. But, you know, I really struggled in elementary school with um, seemed like everything with arithmetic and writing. And but somehow I would just, you know, do the best I could and I would get by and certainly didn't make A's. And sometimes I would hit a B, but mostly I was hanging out in the C bracket and uh, with some D's from time to time. Uh, but I, I just struggled. I struggled in a lot of that was just because I didn't really know the Lord and didn't have the illumination of the Holy Spirit to help me. So I, I'm just, you know, in my own natural state, struggling. And so I had a friend, his name was Stanley, and he was struggling also. But at the end of the year, they pass out the report cards, and, you know, I got mine, and I, I passed, barely, but I passed. I'm, uh, I'm on to the next grade. This was elementary school. 
But my friend Stanley, he got his report card and just sunk into a deep depression. And uh, riding home on the bus, he was just totally out of it. I said, what's wrong? He said, I failed for the whole year. And it, that, what does that mean? It means you have, to take a, you have to take a whole year of your life and go back and do the whole thing all over again. Well, you know, sometimes when you have rough upbringings like that, sometimes God will do special things of grace to try to offset and help you in perhaps other areas. So, you know, uh, these things that we go through, these trials and difficulties, we shouldn't say it's not fair. We should just say, you know, it is what it is. We're going to do the best we can. And maybe I didn't do so good in that when I was young, but I'll take it as a learning experience and hey, I'm not going to let it stop me from still rising to the top and doing the things that God has called me to do. And I think that's what's so amazing about the Lord. He's able to redeem anything, any mess, any, uh, any meltdown, any failure. Uh, he can take it and he can redeem it and turn it to good. I don't know whatever happened to Stanley. I hope that he found Christ. And of course, you find Christ, you begin to discover your destiny and your purpose is all rooted in the Lord Jesus Christ. But whatever these things we have to go through, my friends, we all face them in life and we just need to keep moving forward by grace with as much determination uh, as we can possibly exert. Now, you have tested us. You have refined us as silver is refined. All of these things, you know, my dad was a metallurgist dealing with all these different types of metals, working uh, as a private citizen, working with a contract with the government, testing, you know, helicopter blades and testing uh, metallic parts used on jet aircraft to understand why cracks and fractures and things like that, even little tiny microscopic hairline fractures, any of those things are dangerous, especially in a helicopter blade that's spinning really, really fast. You have to understand all of that, but these metals, they all have ways of interacting with heat, particularly silver. If you really want to test silver, get it as purified or gold as possible. You're going to have to bring it into intense heat. God does the same thing with us. Sometimes I wish that were not uh, part of the process, but if we are honest with the dealings of God, we have to admit that it is true, and it actually is for our good because it burns out the impurities and helps us to be fashioned more into the image of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 11, you brought us into the net. You laid affliction on our backs. There are times when you find yourselves in difficult places and you can't get out. And you realize it's like you're in the net. And then, and then you, you, get the, you get the revelation that it's not the devil that's casting the net. Although he can do bad things. But sometimes you realize that the net is not the devil. The net is God. <laughs> and that the job that you're in, that maybe you think is like a hellacious job. And you're working under a, a very, uh, you know, uh, like a boss or superior or supervisor that you just can't please no matter how good you do. Sometimes you realize that these nets or actually of God to cause you to rise up to do your best and to bring out of you talent and gifting that maybe you didn't even know that you had in there to bring out a different level of productivity that you didn't know that was in there. And perhaps in very soft, mild, easy situations, those things never would have come out. But when you have to fight for survival, when you have to fight to hold on, you realize you've got a lot deeper reserves than you ever thought. Wow. Praise the Lord. So these things allow us to dig deep. Are they fun? No. But does God allow us to go into them? Yes, he does. Just like he allowed Joseph 
to go into prison, falsely accused, falsely charged, yet he still went to prison. He still served time. Most theologians say that he was there for 13 years, but he didn't allow the experience to make him bitter. He allowed it to develop the prophetic gifting, and he allowed it to develop just the, the life skills that you need in order to go successfully into the realms that God has planned for you to stand in. Now, of course, it is true that some of the things that you go through in life, they're not meant to be permanent. They are transitory, but you, you're not out of those transitory places unless really you pass the test and you really want to, to do the best you can because you really don't want to stay in some places forever. You're not, you're not meant to, maybe you're in a business and you don't like it, but you know, God's got you there. And maybe you're thinking, I'd like to have my own, but you know what? If, if you don't give your current employer a hundred percent, then later when you have your own business, you're going to have employees that are going to, they're going to, they're going to behave the same way you did when you worked for somebody else. So you want to do under, unto others as you would have them do unto you. And all of these things are things that we learn as we're going through these various trials and experiences in life, knowing, knowing that there is a destination. You are going to get to that destination, but these other things are things that you navigate through in life. And many of them are unavoidable. And since you have to go through it, you might as well just have the joy of the Lord, make the best of it and learn through the process and grow in the maturity of the Lord Jesus. Again, verse 11, you brought us into the net. You laid affliction on our backs. Well, we also have to bring out the other side of the coin where there are some things that God allows for our maturity and growth. There are other things that we can get ourselves into places of captivity, perhaps maybe we could call it that because of disobedience. And whenever you saw the judgments upon the nation, the nation of Israel, whether it's Babylonian captivity, Assyrian captivity or whatever it was, it was because of their sin and God would send prophets and they were, you know, saying repent. And then they would kill the prophets and uh, they would not turn from idolatry and not turn from things that really the nations that God drove out. Well, now the people of God are doing worse than what the Canaanites actually did. And so, so what happens? They go into captivity. And it was just a byproduct of sowing and reaping. You brought us into the net. You laid affliction on our backs, technically because they were unrepentant of their sins. And so out of love, out of a major wake-up call, God allows them to go into captivity because that's, that's the last measure. That's a stopgap measure that God does, which is actually a measure of judgment that's actually an expression of love. God's saying, hey, if this, if this is what it takes to wake you up so that you don't perish and lose your soul, God says, I'm willing for you to go into captivity and would allow other nations to have strength to conquer uh, the Jewish people. So that in a nutshell is what we're seeing in verse 11. Verse 12, you have caused men to ride over our heads. And, you know, that's, that's symbolic, but it's also literal, where you can look at some of these carvings that are in, uh, you know, they're in museums today, but the carvings that were sourced from ancient Assyria, and some of this stuff I've seen in the Louvre Museum in Paris, and you have carvings that were done on monuments also in Egypt, where the Assyrians and the Egyptians, of course, in di different times of history, would subjugate and conquer the Israelites and would literally steamroll over them with their chariots. And that's, that's carved on stone. 
on stone monuments of the Egyptian chariots rolling over and crushing you know the Jewish people underneath and the Assyrians riding their horses over them and stomping the people into the ground with the horse hoofs Woo! and so it's very literal but very symbolic as well you have caused men to ride over our heads that denotes great difficulty and when you look at the history of the Jewish people uh, they have they have a long history of that from the Babylonians riding over them and then the you know the ten northern tribes the Assyrians conquering them and riding over them and the Assyrians were much crueler than even the Babylonians were they're very very fierce people and even went beyond the level of judgment that God allowed them to uh, to do to bring the people into captivity they went beyond that and God was very upset about that of course you can read about that in Isaiah chapter 10 a different story but uh, you see this going on the Babylonians excuse me, Babylonians, the Assyrians, then later you had the Romans, and then you have the Turks and the Ottoman Empire, then you have the British, and all of these different nations throughout the millennia, uh, throughout the centuries, just ruling, ruling over the Jewish people. Uh, there was a lot of uh, degradation, a, a lot of humiliation, a lot of anguish, a lot of shedding of blood, a lot of misery. You have caused men to ride over our heads. Perhaps you've experienced things like that where People just write over your head, and you think, Lord, I would really like to do something about it, but Lord, I don't have the authority, I don't have the power, I don't have the money, I, I, there's, there's, I, feel, I feel powerless against this. Those things begin to turn when you come to know the Lord. And when you come to know the Lord and begin to walk with the Lord, the first thing that the Lord wants to establish is victory in your inner life. There needs to be authenticity in the pulpit. And, uh, you know, I'll just speak from a minister's heart for a moment. The things that we preach and declare to you, really, the things that a minister preaches, he, he actually should be living that in his private life. Now, of course, you can't always see into a private life of a person, and there's an area of a person's life that should be private. But really, what's spoken from the pulpit should be lived in private, or it's just, it's not going to have the weight to it, it's not going to have the anointing, it's not going to have the grace to it, when it's spoken from a place of authenticity. So, that's what the Lord begins to do, is, is when you come to Him, he, uh, he begins to empower you to get the bondages, the addictions, the sin that would try to have dominion over your life, He begins to show you and teach you, hey, sin no longer has dominion over your life. And you don't have to give in. Not, not that you won't feel heat. Not that the devil won't bring temptation. And you and, I, you and I both know He can certainly bring it. But the fact of the matter is, is that you can resist Him and He will flee. You don't have to yield to Him. Woo! Praise the Lord. And so you begin to get revelation on that, and you begin to get strength and understanding of that, and then the enemies that overthrew you, you start overthrowing them. And then you come into a place of winning, you begin to come into a place of victory. That inner victory begins to produce outward victory, outward authority, and that is something that God wants all of His people to experience, because it's no fun having anybody ride over your head, boss you around, throw you around, abuse you, and do you wrong. No, nobody wants to live a life like that. So, there is freedom in Christ, and the dominion of the enemy is broken, and you experience liberty and peace. Will you have to fight for it? Yes, absolutely. 100% you'll have to fight for it, because maybe the enemy has just had his way of just, you know, walking all over you. And so, he needs to know that you mean business, but when you put your foot down, 
on the scripture and say, thus saith the Lord, I'm, I, I have freedom. I can use the sword of the spirit and I, I can rebuke the devil. I, I can resist the devil and he will flee from me. You'll find out that God's word is actually true. And the, uh, the enemy in his varied, varied forms of temptations and manifestations, whatever they may be, where there's fear or covetousness or greed or lust or whatever it might be, you'll just see that all of those things are underneath your feet, not over your head. Glory to God. You have caused men to ride over our heads. We went through fire and through water. You can see a little bit of perhaps imagery, maybe of the Jews leaving Babylon, coming out of captivity, coming back to the promised land, the land of Israel, with all the things, the trials, the, the, the heat, what they could have gone through to go back, and you know, but the potential to be mugged or robbed or killed or out, out in the middle of the desert, but they went on through it. But nevertheless, with our life, we also have these areas of danger. We went through fire and through water, and there could be literal uh, times where maybe you have escaped from being burned alive. I know John Wesley, the man that God used to raise up the, the denomination that we know today as the Methodist Church. As a child, he, he almost burned to death in a house fire. And uh, he was the last one they got out before the entire home was engulfed in flames. And so he always said that he was just like this brand plucked from the fire because he was in many ways just was good as dead. And they got him out just before the whole house went up in flames. So maybe other areas where you've escaped drowning. And there's, there's a time in my life I almost drowned. Um, uh, and I thought I was a goner because I was a child and didn't really know how to swim. And down and down I went. This was uh, uh, in the Gulf of Mexico and couldn't touch bottom, just kept going under. And I thought, well, I'm going to die. And the next thing I knew, I was somehow some, you know, I, I don't know, like 10 or 15 feet further inland towards the beach, and I was standing on the ground. I had, you know, as a child, I couldn't figure it out. Well, today I know it was an angel of the Lord, and God had mercy on me. But we go through fire, we go through water. But, you know, the thing is, is that you don't stay there, and you don't, you don't kind of like just rejoice in your tribulation. You go through it. You go through it. Praise the Lord. You keep moving. Why? That's not where God wants you to end at. He wants you to get somewhere that is His revealed will, His plan for your life. We went through fire and through water, but you brought us out. Here it is. This is where God has a destination, uh, a stopping point for you. But you brought us out to rich fulfillment. Rich fulfillment. I like the King James Version. It actually calls it the wealthy place. You brought us out to the wealthy place. Praise the Lord. Now, this word wealthy place or the word rich fulfillment in the Hebrew is the word Reveya. What, a, what an absolutely beautiful word, Reveya. And it means abundance. It means overflow. Wow. Glory to God. It means rich, refreshing comfort. Uh, this this is all in the you know if you look this up in Strong's Concordance or the Hebrew lexicons this is all in there this is this is an amazing place that God wants to bring you in into a place of rich refreshing comfort this word is only used twice in the entire Bible the word Reveya here we see it as a wealthy place a place of overflow and the only other place we see it is in Psalm twenty three verse five where David, who we know wrote that psalm, said, My cup 
runs over. Wow. That word in the King James runneth over or runs over is actually the word reveal. Woo, praise the Lord. My friends, I think we should ask ourselves an honest question. Are we in that place yet? Are you in a place of rich, refreshing comfort? I'm not just talking about financial prosperity, but is your soul there? Is your spirit there? Are you happy in the Lord? Are you satisfied in the Lord? Are you growing and maturing in the Lord? Glory to God. If not, you need to keep moving on because this is where God wants you to be. This is where God wants you to be. And you have to press on to it. That is the high calling that you have in Christ Jesus. And God wants you to be in this place in your lifetime. In this lifetime. Now, when you go to heaven, of course, we're all going to a, a, a you know, to say a major upgrade is still, you know, not quite uh giving the glory to what that exchange is actually going to be. But here in this life, even still, God wants us to reach that place of rich fulfillment. It is a wealthy place. Praise the Lord. And we need to possess it by faith. We need to possess it by faith, rich, a place of rich, refreshing comfort. And so maybe just ask yourself, Lord, am I in that place that you have for me of rich, refreshing comfort. And if you realize you're not quite there yet, or maybe not there, uh, you know, you, you, maybe you think, well, actually, Pastor Steve and I have quite a ways to go. That's okay. The Lord can get you there. The Lord is going to get you there. And the Lord is going to expedite the journey. I believe he's going to do some fast tracking. Woo. Watch out. Watch out. Because the Lord can fast track you into that wealthy place to the point that those that once perhaps despised you, maybe laughed at you, ridiculed you, or talked about you behind your back, they'll suddenly see that the things that you have believed, the Word of God, and the things that you have proclaimed, that God is great, and that God is good, and that His works are awesome, they're suddenly going to see that Oh my goodness, there's great movement in that person's life. God is blessing that person. God is lifting up that person because you and I both know promotion really does come from the Lord. I know the Lord works through people. I know you understand that too. God works through people, but it's God touching those people to give you favor, to extend to you divine access, to extend to you open doors that, that are not normal. That is God working in your life. And this is the time of favor and increase and promotion. This is the time for you to make great strides towards your wealthy place. I think there is an element where you don't get there overnight, although there can be big leaps. You don't get there overnight, but you get there uh, by exercising your faith and you do this, you do that, you take that step, you take that step, you keep moving forward, you keep moving forward, and suddenly you realize it's like a building. The building starts going up, and maybe people just drove by it and thought, well, not much is happening, but then they drive by it three weeks later, and like, wait a minute, they've got the whole foundation now laid. Now, they're, they're starting to erect, you know, the steel structure. They're actually doing something. Come by three months later, come by eight months later, and there is something there that now glorifies the Lord. Hallelujah. I believe God's bringing you into a wealthy place. Maybe you've had many trials, many challenges. You need to know also that's normal. It's not a cakewalk. God never promised you that. You're going to have to use your faith. You're going to have to pray. You're going to have to praise. You're going to have to worship. You're going to have to really be plugged into the things of God. But if you do that and stay steady, you'll get there. Praise God. There is a time. There is the time when God opens the prison and Joseph comes out and steps into divine position. There is the time where that 
business that God has for you. He launches you into it and it begins just to whoom, take off. Praise the Lord. Or maybe you've already had that business and it just takes everything to keep it going. But there's the moment God touches it and suddenly it flourishes and begins to blossom in a desert place, just like the rose blossoming in the desert. Glory to God. And God shows favor and great grace towards you. Praise the Lord. You have caused men to ride over our heads. We went through fire and through water, but you brought us out to rich fulfillment. You brought us out to our wealthy place. You brought us out to a place of rich, refreshing comfort. You brought us out to Revea, a place of abundance and overflow where our cup is not just filled. Watch this. It's actually running over. Woo, glory to God. The word Revea in the Hebrew also carries a meaning of moisture. And that speaks of the Holy Spirit who brings the former rain and the latter rain and dumps it upon the people of God as a refreshing flood so that you're not all dried out, all shriveled up, but you're still happy. Even as you're on that journey, you're happy. And of course, of course, you're going to be happy when you come into your wealthy place. Glory to God. Hallelujah. But God wants to get you there, stabilize you there, and carry you into that place of overflow. You know, I, I had a phone call with my spiritual father. Um, maybe, I can't remember when it was. it was. It was probably almost 10 years ago. And as we were talking on the phone, the Holy Spirit just fell in our conversation. We're on different sides of the country, but the Holy Spirit just fell on the conversation, and my spiritual father began to prophesy to me. And the thing about prophecy is that what is from the Lord, it's just like Jesus standing there saying it. And, you know, truth is unveiled. Truth is truth. And he said to me, uh, he starts, he said some good things, you know, prophetic things that are encouraging. And my spiritual father then said to me, he said, Stephen, I see in the spirit also that you have not yet come into your wealthy place. And every fiber in my being wanted to scream and say, but I have. But you know what? In my heart, I knew I hadn't. But see, before before some people that mean a lot to us, uh, their, their, their respect and, uh, you know, their love and, uh, uh, you know, what they would say, I so wanted him to see me. I wanted him to see that, hey, I've made a lot of progress, and I had, and I'm doing really good now, and I was, but he just said, Stephen, I see that you have not yet come into your wealthy place, and I just like, ah. I realized, you know, he's right. He's right. And here's the thing. Don't stop. Because uh, I'm glad I didn't stop where I was at. And I wasn't intending to camp at where I was at. Uh, I knew that God had more. But at the same time, I just thought, well, Lord, hey, I'm doing pretty good. But God's just like, hey, I've got so much more for you. I've got so much more for you. So something that was just like, oh, almost like an unveiling, like, oh, God, I, I don't want to even like see that I'm not there yet. Well, I think we should look at Scripture and, and line our lives up with the Word of God. Are you in a place are you in a place of rich, refreshing comfort? If you, mix, if you missed six months of work, maybe something popped up or something happened or something demanded your attention and you couldn't work for six months, would you still be okay? 
Oh, Pastor Stephen, I, I couldn't go six days without working. I'd be buried in debt. I'd have the debt collectors calling me and bill collectors calling me if I missed even six days of work. I don't have, I don't have that kind of money. I'm just saying God wants us to have reserves financially. God wants you to have reserves in your health. God wants you to have res- uh, everything about God. There, there's reserves. When God created the ocean, he put more than enough fish in there. Well, Pastor Stephen, we don't need that many fish. That's not the point. The point is that everything, when God does something, it's loaded and backed with reserves. Pastor Stephen, we don't really need that many forests. We don't, I mean, we don't need that much lumber. That's, that's not the point. The point is that God builds reserves into everything. He wants everything in your life to have reserves, including spiritual. Including spiritual. Glory to God. Because you may have a phone call. That interrupts your prayer time. And you may have to suddenly book a ticket and get on the plane and go somewhere because maybe a family member is having a, an emergency situation. And you might have to skip that prayer time. And you just, you just, you have reserves, praise the Lord. You have, pray, you, you have reserves because that's the way God is, praise God. God wants you to have deep reserves. He wants you to be living out of a place of great overflow, great over, overflow, so that when you see a need, that genuinely touches your heart. And of course, now you understand there's needs everywhere and you can't respond to every, everything because even Bill Gates would deplete himself if he just like responds every need. You can't do that. Nations can't even do that, much less individuals. But God wants you to be in a place of overflow where when you see something where the spirit genuinely touches your heart, you're like, I can do something about that right now, right now. You, and you can just, funk, you can react. Why? You, you have it. You have the ability. You could either give the word because you have the anointing, or you, you, could, you could bless somebody financially because you have the reserves. And by the way, anytime, really, ideally, that you minister, you should actually be ministering out of an overflow. And if you don't, it doesn't come across right. Have you ever seen that in praise and worship? Or maybe, um, maybe somebody, they haven't had their prayer time. They haven't had any really devotional time with the Lord. So when they have to lead the worship, suddenly they, they take that moment where they should be leading the people into the worship. And they take that moment as their own, this is my personal prayer time with the Lord. And it's just like, hey, well, hold on a minute. This is not supposed to be just you like that. You have to lead the people in. You're, you're supposed to come in prayed up. You're supposed to come in filled up so that you don't have to do all of that trying to make up for it real quick, catching up for it in front of the people. You're supposed to already have that. That's just a part of maturity in the Lord. <laughs> well, this is my private love time with the Lord. Now, hold on a minute. You, you know, you're supposed to do that in your own devotional life, not, not in front of everybody that's, you know, coming here to be led into the presence. Mm. You know, it's just one of those things. Everything works better when you're, when you're operating out of an overflow. Woo! Okay, so I haven't come into the fullness of the overflow that God has for me or this ministry, but I tell you what, I'm getting more, I'm getting more liberty all the time, and I'm liking it, hallelujah. And so God's expanding, God's expanding all the time. This also could be translated as a very, very enlarged place. Woo! So I'm not where I used to be, but I'm still pressing on because I know God's got more. He's got a lot more, but He's got a lot more for you. So don't stop until you're in that place. Glory to God. And I really believe that when you are in that place, then you can say, you know what? I'm operating in it now. Now it'll still, it'll still expand, but I'm actually, I've come into it and I'm flowing in it and I'm operating in it. And God got me here. Woo. Glory to God. And of course, once you get there, sustain, sustain. 
And the best way to sustain is to stay saturated with the word, stay saturated in prayer, and don't let the busyness of that pull you from what actually got you into that place. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. My friends, that's your destination. It's a wealthy place, not a broke place. Really, who wants to go to there? Who wants to go to an impoverished place? It doesn't take any any effort to get into an impoverished place, but to get into the place of blessing, to get into your wealthy place where everything in your life is beautiful and everything in your life is exhibiting that rich, refreshing comfort that's overflowing. So you can pour it into the lives of others. Yeah, you'll, you'll have to really push to get there, but it's good because I really believe for some of you, you're just a few steps away and the flood of the Spirit, the moisture of the Spirit, the reveal of the Holy Spirit is falling on you already. So just let it turn into a deluge. Glory to God. Heavenly Father, let your people experience the moisture of the Spirit, the expansion that you have for them. Relieve them, O God, of all of the restrictions that have been put on them. Some of you, you've had religious restrictions put on you. Some of those old fuddy-duddy religious traditions of men have got you so bound up that you haven't even laughed in the Spirit in a long, long time. You need to be free. Woo! Hallelujah. Because the joy of the Lord is your strength. You need to be like Isaac. His name even means laughter. Don't ever forget that his father was told by God, you name that child Isaac. You, you call him laughter. Woo, God, 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 my friends, God's, he's very interested in your happiness. He really is. Oh, yes, and your eternal well-being and your, you know, the, your, his plan for your life and all that. But God wants you to have joy and have some happiness. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. That's all part of that wealthy place package. Jump into it. Receive it today by faith. Father, bless your people to come fully into it, making no pre-settlements on lower levels or lower standards where in, they heart, where in their heart they realize this is not the promised land. I can't act like it is. Father, let them go all the way into their rich fulfillment, led by your Holy Spirit, led by King Jesus himself. In his name we pray today. Amen and amen. Woo! Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, God's raising up believers that are going to have so much prosperity that the moment they see a need, if it's like a $1,500 need, they just pull a wallet out. They don't even pull out, you don't even need to pull out a checkbook. Hallelujah. You just got cash. Hallelujah. And you say, I, I got it right now. Here, take it in the name of Jesus. Be blessed. Amen. Just pay off, uh, pay off a, a student who wants to go to Bible college, who wants to go to ministry school, just pay off their entire semester, stuff just like that. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Mm, 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 mm. Just blessed, 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 blessed in every way. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You'd be sitting in a meeting and the leader says, I believe the Spirit of, uh, Spirit of God is moving. Who's got the word? And you, and you just, you have it. Why? You're in the overflow. You stand up and say, this is what the Lord is showing me. Hallelujah. And everybody's blessed. Woo! Your wealthy place. Living in your wealthy place. Mm, and it's only going to get better. It's only going to get better. Let's take Holy Communion together today. Claiming these scriptures. Claiming the word of God. What a beautiful psalm. Heavenly Father, we bless the bread. We bless the juice. This is now the flesh and the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, and we receive it as thus. Father, thank you for the body of Jesus. We rejoice in the Lord who is the head of the church. 
hallelujah, putting everything in divine order, lighting everything up, and leading us into the fullness of our inheritance. Father, we take it by faith. We receive the body of Jesus now. In His name, amen. Let's eat. Praise the Lord. Father, we thank You for the blood of Jesus. We thank You that today we commit that we will not stop prematurely outside of the promised land, or outside of the sacred promises that You have spoken to us from the secret place. We will go all the way, and we will bring You the glory that Your great name deserves. Father, we thank You. We now receive the blood of Jesus. We thank You for complete forgiveness of sins. In His name, Amen. Let's receive. Praise God. Hallelujah. My friends, thank you for watching today. Keep moving forward 